Turn your Bibles with us if you have them to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. If you do not have an outline, please raise your hand. Brother Steve will make sure you get one. We want everyone to have an outline. This message today, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. The Apostle Paul writing said it this way, my God shall supply all your need according to how much money you have in the bank. Didn't say it that way, did it? My God shall supply all of your needs. This is what he says in Philippians, according to his, who's he talking about? God. Now he, he owns a lot according to his riches and glory. And this sermon today is talking about Jehovah that supplies our need. Bear with me as we read, if you will, from Genesis chapter 22, beginning with verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. If you have the King James Version, it says, tempted Abraham. The apostle said, don't say that God tempts anyone. That's the reason it's so important to study the word of God and rightly divide the word of God. Not knocking the the King James. It's a great translation. It's tested rather. Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land, the land of Moriah. Now, underline that in your mind because it's very, very important. The land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship. Underline that word. And worship. And we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering uh, and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together, placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on your lad, on the lad, or do anything to him for now I know. 
that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now, I want to read as the writer of Hebrews records this particular incident in a few verses. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Father, add your blessings to the reading of your word. Speak to our hearts, plant seed in our lives, and bless in Christ's name. Amen. Abraham is called the father of our faith. These these chapters here in Genesis, in fact, if you go back, listen at me, if you go back to chapter 12 and come up to chapter 22 and even a few chapters beyond, there is so much that is packed in this scripture and in this text that it is amazing. Most of us know the story, how that God called Abraham out of Ur. And he told him, I want you to go to a place, and it is called Canaan. Abraham left his father, his mother, his family, his security, and he went 1,500 miles to a place. He didn't know where he was going. God led him there. He didn't know what all was going to take place. But yet by faith he went. And during this time, God spoke to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your seed as the sand sand of the, of the sea. I'm going to bless your seed. In other words, you're going to have a great nation, a multitude of people. Look up at the stars. You see how many stars are there? I'm going to bless you as the stars of the heaven. In other words, he was going to have a great big family. And from his loins were going to come multitudes of people. Abraham obeyed God. He left his home. He went to Canaan, came to a place called Beersheba. And there he was, 50 miles from Moriah. 50 miles from Moriah. A lot of things took place between that time and here. As most of you know the story, it was so that Abraham and Sarah, his wife, she was a beautiful woman. She loved God, Abraham loved God, but they had no children. They got up in years. In fact, 90 years old was Abraham. And Sarah got impatient. 
And she said to her husband, it looks like we're not going to have any children. Go sleep with my maidservant and I can have children from her. So Abraham did what his wife said. And uh, there was the, the, the maidservant's name was Hagar. Hagar. So from Abraham and Hagar came a son, listen to this, by the name of Ishmael. Ishmael. Sarah, maybe even Abraham, thinking maybe this will be the promised son. But it was not. God said the son was going, S-O-N, was going to come from Abraham and Sarah. Once the child was born, Sarah became angry. And she wanted to put Hagar and Ishmael out of the house. She did not want them in her presence. And she looked at Abraham, forgive me ladies, and she said, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. But she told him to do it, you know. And they did. They put Hagar and Ishmael out of the house. Ishmael was also given a covenant. Here's what the Bible says concerning Ishmael in chapter 16. And it's so important, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. First of all, God says he's going to be a wild man. Second of all, his hand shall be against everybody else, and everyone else's hand shall be against him. And he the Bible says, shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren, the Philistines, Isis, the whole Middle East is, is wound up in these few chapters. The promise, the prophecy that came forth. And this is where the trouble started was with Ishmael. And of course, later on when Abraham was what? 100 years old. And Sarah was 90 years old. Isaac was born to this couple in their old age. And of course, it was Isaac that was of the promise. He was the covenant promise. I want you to notice the notes. Today we approach one of the most perplexing and puzzling of all the stories in the Bible. In the Old Testament story about Abraham and his son Isaac and God asking Abraham to sacrifice his only son on an altar. To ask a father to sacrifice a son on an altar sounds barbaric, primitive, and cultic. The story is not only puzzling and perplexing, but it is also one of the most profound stories in the whole Bible. Abraham could have asked himself, is this God talking to me or is this some kind of demonic activity that I'm believing? But you see, Abraham talked to God often. By the way, God talked to Abraham often. And so Abraham knew the voice of God. So he knew this was God. He didn't question him. He was not reluctant to offer up his son Isaac on the altar. Isaac being somewhere around 20 years old at this time. 
And so he, he rose up to do that, to go. But I want to get back just a moment to these two men. Isaac, which is the son of promise. Isaac, which is a son of covenant. That was a covenanted son. By the way, covenant in the Bible is so very, very important. An agreement in the Bible is so very. And Isaac was the son of promise. It was not to come from Ishmael. And the lineage of certainly from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right on down came none other than Jesus Christ. And so here we have. And I want you to notice Roman numeral number one, Abraham's faith. Confirm. Take your son, it's his son, not his not only his son, but his only son. Now he had another son, Ishmael, but it was the only son of promise, whom you love and your covenant son. Can you imagine the emotional loss that Abraham was about to endure? Now, this is bloody. I want you to know that. Because he had a knife. And the way they sacrificed on the altar, animals and sacrifices to God, they slipped their throat. So here he is to take his only son, begotten son, and to slit his throat. And then he was to burn his body. Amazing request. Why did God do that? We'll get to it in just a moment. A son born late in life, the son of promise, the son with the future planned around him. Everything was planned around this son, Isaac. Abraham responded immediately with unquestioning obedience. And he started out, the Bible says, very early in the morning. He had to go 50 miles. He traveled for three days. He had three days to decide, am I going to do this? Am I going to offer up my son as a sacrifice? Yet Abraham believed God. Abraham's trust was in God. And he went these three days. This three-day, 50-mile trip and the offering of his son proved that he really did love God, proved that he really did trust God, and proved that he really did fear God. There was no question in the, in the mind of God. Why did God, now here it is, look at number six. Why did God command Abraham to sacrifice Isaac on this altar? It was a test to determine whether he would trust and obey his sovereign Lord fully and in faith make everything he had, including his beloved son, available for God to use. Now, you might say this was Abraham. Why are we studying this here in the year of 2016? Because there are, all of us are challenged to offer to God the very thing that we, we want to keep. Abraham was asked to do that. And Abraham was willing to do that. And he did just what God had asked him to do. He was about to take Isaac's life when all of a sudden an angel of the Lord said, Abraham, don't touch this this son. And Abraham looked up and there was a ram that was caught in the thicket 
with its horns. He goes, he takes the ram, he lays it on the altar of sacrifice, and there, my friend, he offers unto the Lord this sacrifice, and God spared him his son. The reason he's called the father of our faith is because he was such a faithful man. The reason he's called the father of our faith is because he started out with faith in God and did not waver from what God had called him to do. He took advantage of allowing God to take complete control and master of his life. And there God spared him and he was able to say, Jehovah, God will provide. On their way, after when they got to the place to offer it up, I love this story. Abraham stopped. He looked at the mount that he was going to offer him up on, Mount Moriah. And he told his two servants to stay here. I am going to go worship God. Let me say this about worship. There is a hermeneutical principle, hermeneutical principle, known as the principle of first mention. Now, when you study the Bible and God reveals this word to you, you'll find out the first mention of a word in the Bible is very, very important. This principle teaches that the first mention of a word or a doctrine in the Bible determines its meaning through the rest of the scripture. Now, there had been worship before, but the word had never, had never been used. Here in Genesis chapter 22, the word worship is used for the first time. And we can look at these scriptures, these verses, and study this scripture, and we can find the character of worship, we can find the conditions of worship, and we can find the challenges of worship. And we're studying worship, as, as Brother Matt said on Wednesday night. Worship is so vitally in, important. But Abraham looked at his two, the two young men. He said, you stay here. I am going to go and worship. Now, as I said, Isaac was probably about 20 years old. The two servants, no telling how large they were. Can you imagine if Isaac had not been willing to die on that, for that sacrifice? Can you imagine if he took those two men with him? Can you imagine what they would have done when, when Abraham got to the altar and about to take Isaac's life? They probably would have stopped him. You can't do this. You can't take your son's life. Wait a minute. But Isaac was willing to die and he left the two men there. And I believe when we go to worship, we need to leave every hindrance back there and go to our private place, go to our place of worship, whether it's in church, whether it's in home, or whether it's riding down the highway in the automobile and say, Lord, I don't want anything hindering me from my worship. I want to love you. I want to praise you. And I want to worship you. And that's what he did. And he named this place Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide. Didn't look like it. Didn't look like Isaac was going to come back. But he had faith to believe. Even if he'd taken Isaac's life. Hebrews says that God would have raised him back to life. Notice. 
When God provided the lamb for Abraham as a sacrifice instead of his son Isaac, he named the place Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. Not only that, but Mount Moriah is a very special historic spot. Let me tell you about the land of Moriah. It's the place where Solomon built the temple, the same place. Not only that, but it's where Jerusalem is today. If you go to Jerusalem, you'll see Mount Moriah. You'll see the land of Moriah. And there are many that believe, in fact, finest date believes it's the same mountain where Jesus Christ died on the cross. The Muslims believe it's the mountain where the Dome of the Rock sits. The Muslims have a mosque there on that same place. So this, this Mount Moriah is so historic in the fact that the Jewish people, the Christian people, and the Muslim people all believe it is a sacred place. And when you go to Jerusalem, you'll see all that together. You'll see that uh, the Jews lay claim on it because that God had given it to them and Abraham had offered up Isaac on that place. The Muslims believe it's their land and that's the reason there are problems now that you see in the world today, especially coming out of the Middle East. The Muslims believe that the Jews have their sacred place. And they're believing that they're going to take Jerusalem back. And you say, why 9-11? Why do the Muslims hate America and cause them the great Satan? I'll tell you why. It's because America supports the Israelites. America supports Israel. Most, uh, every president has, has supported the nation of Israel. And America is one of the first to support and, and continue to support the nation of Israel. So that's the reason that the Muslims hate Americans and hates America because she's the great Satan, because she supports Israel, and they are determined to remove the Jews out of Jerusalem. So all of this was born way back with Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, Ishmael, Isaac, all coming together. And today we see the results of what happened 4,000 or many years ago. Right at 6,000 now, many years ago. We see the results of what happened. But on this particular mountain, Abraham believed God and said he will provide. Abraham raised a memorial to the truth when he built that altar. He knew what it was to, for God to provide for him when he came out of his father's land. He knew what it was when God was with him when his nephew Lot chose the beautiful place of Canaan and he had to, Abraham, had to go to the mountains and rocks and God yet provided for him. He knew what it was when God provided it for him, the lamb instead of Isaac, his son. Let's look at some of the truths of this particular lesson. Many miss out on the blessings of God because they are not willing to sacrifice their best. Notice number one, God will test your commitment by asking you to give him what you love the most. 
would you be willing to sacrifice? And I'm not talking about the way God asked Abraham to sacrifice. But are you willing to sacrifice for God? Are you willing to give him what belongs to him? Are you willing to say, God, I love you more than my children? God, I love you more than my husband or my wife. I love you more than my job. I love you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to commit my life to you because I want to sacrifice everything for you. You see, God wants you to give it to him, but he in return gives it back to you. And that's what he did for Isaac. He gave, he gave Isaac back to him. The Lord will provide us with pardon. He will provide us with forgiveness. He will provide for us salvation. He will provide for us what we prayed for this morning, healing. He will provide for us deliverance when we dare to trust him. And I'm looking for an eternal home one day in heaven. God is a provider. Can you say amen? Our God will provide. Notice number three. God's provisions are strategically located along the pathway of faithful obedience. God wants us to obey him. He wants us to obey his word. He wants us to be obedient when it comes to receiving his blessings. Now God will bless us and the blessings of God are upon us. But there's something about obeying God and being obedient to him That he wants to demonstrate to us how much he loves us. Obedience to God demonstrates our love for him and is the key to receiving his blessings. A lot of people, they want God to bless them, but they're not willing to to bless God. God wants to bless us financially, but he wants us also to invest in his kingdom financially. We believe here in paying tithe. Amen? We believe in giving offerings. And I believe when we obey God... And we give to him and we manage our money well that God's going to bless us in return. Is that a good truth? Sure it is. The only sacrifice, see God says, Abraham said God will provide himself a lamb. The only sacrifice which God accepts for the world's sin is a sacrifice which he himself provided. We try everything else if we're not careful. We try family. We try what we can do. But God says the only sacrifice that makes a difference is the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave. This Mount Moriah, this very same hill, my wife and I, we've been there. And we've seen all that Jerusalem provides. If you ever get an opportunity... You go to Jerusalem, you go to Israel and see the very word of God come to life. It is powerful. It's a great trip. And I would encourage anyone that could go. It somehow opens the word of God up more to you. But we've been there and we've seen that dome of the rock. We've been to the wailing wall. We've been to where Isaac was offered up as a sacrifice to the Lord. We've been where Calvary was. We also ended that visit in Jerusalem to a place where Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That very tomb where they enclosed him in after he was crucified. Where the angels of the Lord came and rolled that stone back. And he steps out. And he's alive. And the Bible says in Revelation, he's alive 
forevermore. May you and I today, as we bring this to a close, may we ask, is my confidence in my son or is it in the God who gave himself for my son? Have you ever trusted Jesus? Have you ever really looked at him and say, Lord, I trust you no matter, no matter what I feel like, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what uh, that I'm struggling with my finances, I trust you. And I'm going to trust you no matter how I feel. I'm going to trust you no matter how the devil comes against me. I trust you. Come, Sister Judy, and pray, pray as we bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for the journey of faith of Abraham. We know that Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. And by faith, he dwelt in the very land of promise. In this foreign country called Cana. And sometimes, Lord, you, you ask us. You require us to go places we've never been. And maybe there's someone here this morning. They've never been to Calvary. They've never been to the land of Moriah. They've never knelt at the foot of the cross. And accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. God, I pray that you'd search our hearts. I ask God if we're here today and we know you as our Savior, but somehow we're not willing to sacrifice like Abraham did. God, we want the blessings of Abraham, but are we willing to sacrifice like Abraham did? Lord, you require sacrifice for us to give our best to you. Yes, in return, you give it back to us. But yet, God, I pray that you'd help us to be willing to lay down whatever would hinder us from having an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. Search our hearts here today. Reveal to us, dear God, our spiritual standing with you.